Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. So, where are we now? It's midway through 2021. COVID still exists, and there is a threat, but we have a vaccine, and a good percent of people are vaccinated. For better or worse, we are moving on as we now fight to find our new normal. Will we walk away from COVID better people, or will we turn a blind eye to lessons we should learn about our humanity and world? For me, this time of pivoting back to normal interactions has been extremely hard, mainly due to Stephen Colbert. He's abandoning me. The glee he has going back to a live audience on Late Show is palpable. But Stephen, Stephen, what are you doing to us introverts who love your one-on-one monologue? For a year and a half, it felt like you were recording each episode of your show just for us. For me. You having a much-needed conversation with the perfect hint of sarcasm to lighten the mood in extremely difficult times. There you are, just having a talk with me every night, laughing and sometimes drinking so we don't cry, letting me know the crazy that is happening in the world in a way that caused me to despair a little less. FYI, cool dog. Uh, I know it will be nice for you to get back to the full audience, but I'll miss the monologues that I felt were written and delivered just to me. But that's what we are all doing moving forward and figuring out how to operate in a post-COVID world. Just like Colbert, veterinarians are getting back to a live audience. We just aren't doing it as joyously. I wanted to talk about a few of the changes that my clinic will be doing and why. So you all may know what you can expect at the clinics that you go to, or at least why vets are making the decisions they are. For those veterinary professionals out there, I wanted to let you know what we are doing so you feel empowered to make your own decisions at your clinics, and not bend to what clients say other vets are doing. I also want to shed light on why veterinarians are dreading going back to normal. Normal doesn't sound good to a lot of veterinarians. Why? Well, if you can imagine, many of us did not get into this profession for our interactions with people. They are usually the part we dread the most. I was just telling an aspiring veterinary student today about a cattle client who was only giving a half dose of vaccines because he was making the vaccines vaccinate twice the number of cattle the bottle said it would and saving a ton of money. She saw my despair when I couldn't come up with the words to say, that's stupid, a vaccine dose is a vaccine dose. 
If you half it, you are not vaccinating your animal at all and are actually wasting money. But if you just come out and say, hey, that's stupid, it's really hard to get repeat customers. So no, we aren't always excited to see people. It's not that we don't like them, but people are not the medicine. We've all been too stressed over the past year not to make changes that will benefit ourselves, our staff, and our patients. We have to make some changes because clientele have changed and the world has changed. I always hate to say this because I don't feel that important, but veterinarians have been frontline workers. The true heroes are the doctors and nurses fighting to save human lives and the people who make sure essential services continue to everyone. And we vets were right there with them. It was deemed that the services vets provided for the food supply and for your pets are essential. Many vets experienced what I did. An increase in workload and an increase in time spent explaining to people stuck at home with their pets that their pets were in fact healthy. The increased workload came with clients who are living in a highly stressed nation and easily release their emotions when interacting with their pets and pets caretaker. This increase in workload of being psychologist as well as veterinarian came without vacations. I haven't taken mine yet, though I'm having fun planning it. Some ideas have been to go somewhere, meet Amelia Clark, and become best friends, sipping drinks and talking about the world. But alas, that doesn't happen when the world is shut down. And now I'm almost scared to take a vacation. I had a colleague of mine receive a nasty letter because he took a vacation. After over a year of working without a break, while most people stayed home, and don't get us wrong, we appreciate having a job that was secure, we get nasty letters when we do take a break. And guess what? We are also understaffed, just like everyone else. I talk to so many business owners, from contractors to accountants, and we can't find help. We have no idea where qualified workers are. But that means the people who are working, who have been working, are working harder than they should be under optimal circumstances to get the job done, without the breaks they normally get. So we are tired. With COVID restrictions, we have been able to kick people out of the clinic. It's the staff working with an animal not having to stop to explain why we have to hold the dog for a blood draw. No, most dogs don't just sit there when they're getting their blood drawn. And why, when we are giving fluids, the dog flinches when the needle is inserted in the skin. Most animals pick up on the nervousness of owners and are more protective of owners. So when we have your dog in the back and you aren't in the building, as has been going on during COVID, Nine times out of ten, he's more relaxed, though not always more well-behaved, than if you were there. It's because when you're in a room with your beloved animal, you don't take your eyes off of them, and you don't listen to a word the vet says. Your anxiety leeches into your pet who is watching you, and then when you don't hear what I say, you don't make good decisions regarding treatment. When you're sitting alone in your car, you have nothing to focus on but the advice your veterinarian is giving you. You make clearer decisions and your pet and you are not feeding off of each other's anxiety. So yeah, we're going to make some changes because our profession has a new normal, whether we as veterinarians or clients like it. We are going to make changes because we need it now more than ever because not one more vet. 
So what have I learned from this pandemic and how am I changing personally? Well, first off, there are two bushes by my clinic. They bloom every year and I get an allergic reaction and then I get a head cold and am miserable for about two weeks. My staff likes the blooms, so they won't let me cut the bushes down. I also typically get a head cold a year from shaking hands and interacting with people. I haven't had an allergic problem or a head cold of any type for a year and a half. It's a wonderful feeling not getting sick. I'm fully vaccinated and very thankful that the vaccine was delivered to me after many empty promises. And because of that, I feel very good that I have a low probability of transmitting coronavirus. That's nice because I can stop wearing a mask at most places. It is nice being able to read people's expressions now. It helps with communication, though on the flip side, when people are being dumb, maybe it's not so good they can read my facial expressions. But yeah, what have I learned from this? The same thing Indians learned a few hundred years ago. Humans are dirty and diseased. So I'm going to shake hands less. I'll try to do it for a true greeting or a true deal, not one of just empty social norms. I want my actions to mean things. I'll also likely wear a mask during allergy season and if I ever have a sore throat or other sickness. Why? Because I don't want to make people sick and I want to feel good myself. Am I getting back into the world? Yes. Since I'm vaccinated, I feel it is my duty to go out some as I used to in order to help the economy and businesses. But will I do it as much as I did before? No. My girlfriend and I really enjoy doing things at home or having a cookout for one or two close friends. There's less urge for us to go out and be in large groups. We want to do what makes us happy and often that's being alone or spending quality time with our closest friends. The pandemic helped me see that the normal way of doing things may not always be the best way for me, so I need to constantly keep evaluating my life so I can have the best life I can on all fronts. Which since I am constantly reevaluating life has made me evaluate how I am running my business. I'm in the middle of my clinic remodel. It has taken much longer than expected. I designed my clinic to be very open and allow people to see how we handle animals and clients could be involved in every part of the uh, veterinary process. I wanted people to see the procedures we complete so they know when we charge them it's because we just completed a complex procedure. I wanted them to see how unruly their animals were and see that their 90 pound dog named Fluffy was trying to bite us as he did an alligator roll flinging its poop on us, expressing its anal glands, and then peeing on us all to get a nail trim. And that is hard work. Not just hard work, but dangerous work where more often than not blood could be shed. Staff could be injured because animals were not controllable. But my plan backfired. People saw it, but they didn't care. I noticed two things happen, exhibited with two different clients. One lady, pre-pandemic, was appalled her dog knocked over most items in the room when just getting an updated allergy shot. She apologized profusely and said how terrible that was. I sighed relief. Finally, clients see what we go through and will make a change. No, I was sadly disappointed. She did not take her dog to training classes, as we discussed, to make the dog more easily handled. She just stopped coming in to see the shot administered. 
It was our problem. There was nothing she needed to do at home. If she didn't see the problem, it didn't exist. Funny how when the pandemic happened, she seemed much happier when we stopped letting people in the building. The other client's dog came in with a muzzle during the pandemic, so we took the dog in the back. He knew it was problematic. It weighed over 100 pounds and built very stoutly. It walked fine, but as the owner said, it could be unpredictable. Unpredictable animals are what scares veterinarians the most. When a hand was laid on it, it started to try to bite. Did a head-shaking thing that knocked my practice manager senseless and almost drew blood on me as it attempted to bite me through the muzzle. This was just to hold it for a heartworm check, and there was a change that occurred suddenly and without warning. We stopped work and informed the owner he needed to come back with sedatives and training from a reputable dog trainer. The owner refused to use any sedatives on the dog and was overheard laughing in the parking lot with his wife that the dog tried to bite us. Instead of owners becoming sympathetic to our plight, we got complaints of, Don't hurt Fluffy, he won't bite, as we were literally pulling the dog back from lunging at people. In a comic, it would be funny, but I've seen too many people injured to think such in real life. I thought that I could instruct clients just as well as my instructors had taught me. I was wrong. What I hoped would spur people to do work with and spend time with their beloved animals turned out to be an exercise in futility. But all was not lost. I noticed something during the pandemic. Most animals were less worked up. We took the animals in the back while the owners stayed in the car. Some of the animals that were monsters with the owners were relaxed and happy with us in the back. Others responded well when trained staff gave firm commands to dogs that were not used to having boundaries. The dogs were more inquisitive and enjoyed sniffing the clinic rather than protecting their owners. When more restraint was required, my staff could properly hold an animal without the owner's nervousness freaking the dog out even more. Then I noticed a second thing. Clients were listening better and making better medical decisions. I tried to figure out why. Then I realized. While I walked out to the car to go over my exam findings, I left the dog in the clinic under the watchful care of Lara, one of my best animal holders. When the owner wasn't focused on holding their dog or wondering if their cat was stressed or telling their animal not to bark, they could focus on the results of my exam that I was summarizing. They started making better medical decisions. So yeah, we're in the process of opening back up. We are now letting people with sick animals, euthanasias, and those getting pulse therapy back in the building. The lobby is still locked, so we can limit how many people are in it. They are required to wear a mask even if they aren't vaccinated. We are still keeping tech appointments and wellness exams waiting in their car for me to come out to them. Next month, we plan on letting everyone back in the building with no mask, but require that only two people per pet are allowed in the building. If there are more than two people, they will be required to wait in the car. This I plan on continuing for years, because again, focus. When I have large groups of people in a room, I mean, I've had entire families before. There's six or eight people crammed in an exam room, and it's really hard to keep the conversation focused. 
so only two people in a room at a time. And guess what else we will do? The client comes in. We take the animal to the back and complete our exam and work that needs to be done and the client stays in the room. And guess what? The animals are relaxed. And when I talk to the owner without their pet in the room and without three or four people in the room, the owner is making better medical decisions and listening to the information I give them much better. And so far this is working. People are paying attention and the animals are getting quality work done much better than with a hovering owner. Do we do this all the time? No. There are always exceptions. Just the other day a dog freaked out and randomly bit me. It didn't break the skin thankfully, but we had no warning. I asked the owner to come back and she held the dog and kept it calm. Every situation is unique, but in general I am noticing keeping animals separate from owners is good for the animal's mental state, the owner's mental state, and the overall health of an animal because owners are making better decisions. And to put not too fine a point on it, a better mental state of my staff because the clinic is running smoother. So yeah, I'm going to continue these practices. I'm able to work with the animals and complete more in the back. My staff and I are safer, allowing us to get better exams and do better work. The client is making better medical decisions. The clinic in general is more calm. So yes, we will continue to do this, even if clients don't like it because they can't be with Fluffy every second. This is allowing us to practice better and safer medicine. Your pets are getting treated better and my staff can work in a safer environment. This won't work everywhere, for everything, but this and variations of it are working for us. And if my staff and I have a good work environment, we can see the situations that require a different approach more easily. And that is making our and our patients' lives better. I had a client just the other day say, well, if I'm not with Fluffy, how will I know you did the work and just aren't charging me for doing nothing? That did not sway me to let the owner in the back. My staff handled it much better than me. They smiled and laughed and said we did the work. I was on the verge of saying, if you don't trust me, get the, I mean, if you don't trust me that much, you shouldn't be coming to me for your medical needs. Another thing I will be working on is client flow. People love socializing, but when we open our lobby up, I'm going to try to keep it limited as to who is in the lobby. The main reason, the calmer and more quiet it is, and the less one client's animals interact with another client's animals, the less chance for fights and animals getting worked up. So to that matter, we're going to check everyone out in the exam rooms, and we'll work with a circular flow in hopes that people coming in and out won't cross paths with each other. As I mentioned, this helps with animal stress levels but are also less contact places for disease between humans to occur and also limits awkward conversations when one client comes in with their new puppy excited to tell the other client who just euthanized their beloved friend of 16 years. And this also helps with disease both from the animal and people perspective. We do get sick animals in a vet clinic, and the less time those sick animals come in contact with other animals, the better. 
the same as limiting spread of human diseases like COVID. The less contact time, the less chance of spreading disease. And yes, we will still be utilizing curbside appointments and making some mandatory. While in July we plan to let people back in, like I said, only two people in the room. I don't need a committee with the animal, I need the people making the decisions. Oh, I'm also talking about children too. It's great people have families. I come from a family myself. But when a parent has multiple small children with them and is constantly yelling at the children to be good or put that down, or even worse, letting the kids run around the clinic making my staff do the supervision, it's worse than an unruly dog. I'm sure someone's offended, and I realize it's not always practical not to have children around. But I'm a professional, and if you can't focus on an intense medical decision because your child is crying because Fluffy might die, I can't help you. I'm not here as an advocate for your children, other than to save their life through proper antibiotic usage. I'm here as an advocate for your animal. I have a feeling a few parents will thank me when I require that they stay curbside, when they have two or more kids with them, and they can keep their kids in their car watching TV, able to yell and scream to their heart's content without causing a scene. I know there were a few times my mom wanted to not bring me in public, so I'm giving that as a required option. One, because we don't want unruly kids around. And two, because you can focus in your own environment of the car with the kids better than my exam room. And three, I think society frowns on locking kids in cages while we talk about medical decisions for your animals. What other changes will we be making? Virtual stuff. I'm definitely pushing that. Though, in Kentucky, it hasn't gone as well as I've desired because, well, when clients don't have internet or a computer, virtual exams become more challenging. But yet, my clinic and others are experimenting with the boundaries of virtual exams. There's a fine line because a lot can be done with virtual exams, but sometimes they don't allow specific but crucial parts of an exam to be completed. And laws are still evolving regarding virtual consultations. So clinicians are using their judgment to still give good care and to make sure they are properly following laws. So be patient as protocols regarding this change. I still make house visits. One of the perks pre-pandemic was seeing how people built and arranged their houses. It's neat the ideas people have and cool seeing the people show their uniqueness through what they create in their own homes. It also helps to see the environment of animals. I've diagnosed more than a few problems because of seeing how the animals live in a house. But I've done that, and I have a pretty good idea of things I am looking for, so I will very likely not be coming to people's homes anymore unless it's through virtual conversations. I'll stick to yards and garages and barns. Why? Especially if it's helpful to diagnose a pet's problem? Because with the helpfulness of it, I've also been in houses where the litter was not cleaned to the extent that it made it difficult for me to breathe and I've seen some things best left unseen, and found roaches where I've never wanted to see roaches. Plus, again, disease. I'll leave people's houses to their closest friends. I can stay on your porch. After all, I'm an outdoor vet. If I keep going inside, I'm going to ruin people's impressions of outdoor vets. 
The last thing I will discuss is a more personal revelation. I used to think I had to get everything in the door to be seen. More business is good, and I had to take care of my clients by seeing their emergencies. But with my appointment book being so overbooked during the pandemic, I came to a few realizations. I can refer things. It's not that I don't want to take care of an animal, but sometimes I refer because we are too overbooked and I need to get my staff and myself home so we can rest to go at a fully booked schedule the next day. When I triage emergencies now, I tend to look of where it can be best handled. If I have three sick animals and I can treat them all, but one takes extremely longer to treat, I often send the one that takes longer to the ER clinic and treat the two. I want to help them all, but I have to do what's best for the patient. So sometimes I tell people to go elsewhere because of the timeline for getting care. Sometimes I tell them to go because it's beyond the services I can offer. Don't get mad at your vet because they don't see every emergency. Realize they are giving you the best advice for that moment for your animal. Follow it, and when you need them again, call them. Don't get mad and go to another clinic because a vet gives good advice that you were not expecting to hear. Realize they are triaging a situation and are balancing the needs of the animal, staff, and available resources. I knew this, but the pandemic drove it home. I have to make decisions based on the best care for the patient. Sometimes that means I have to let go. It doesn't mean I have failed caring for the pet or have failed providing services. It means I have realized what is best and triaged appropriately. I never prefer lightly. I like medicine. I want to treat. But I'm certainly not egotistical enough to think I can handle everything myself all of the time providing the level of care I desire. So each vet is going to handle this in their own way for their own practice. So just be kind and understanding when going to your vet. Remember, even though the vet is serving you, they're going to serve you in a way that they can function the best to serve you. That doesn't mean a client will get everything their way. Remember, the vet sees your case, as unique as you think it may be, many times and knows how to navigate these cases and very likely help you navigate through the emotions with the case. We want you to come back to us because you trust us. You may not be as unique as you think you are, but that's a good thing because that means we probably know exactly how to work you through your situation. We're getting back to things. Stephen Colbert has a live audience. I have clients in my exam rooms. I still haven't met Amelia Clark, but then again, the world is opening up, and maybe I will. But maybe, like many expectations I have had in the past year, all this needs to be tempered by reality that works and not dreams of what may be. I won't be sipping drinks on the back porch being friends with the cool and bubbly Amelia Clark. But just like everyone else, I might meet her and she'd sign a picture smiling at me and moving on with her life. That's reality. I'm just another fan and she doesn't become friends with every fan. Just like your pet's sicknesses likely don't raise your vet's eyebrows and we can manage the sickness well even if you aren't holding your dog's paw through the entire experience, giving the vet your internet diagnosis. This could be the reality we need. To realize your vet will give you good service 
even if you don't get special treatment, just like celebrities will smile and be nice to you just like every other fan they meet, and still make such meetings memorable all the same. Celebrities meet fans every day and know how to handle them. Vets see sick animals every day and know how to handle them. Stephen Colbert is a performer and knows how to perform with a small audience and a large audience. Let professionals do their job. You come to them because they know how to do these things, not for you to tell them how to do these things. It's important to have the ability to see what's in front of us. We need to use our emotions only to enhance our decisions that we make based off of science and reality. We can't be overwhelmed by the emotions. Now is the time to use this past year as a wake-up call to realize the way things have been done doesn't mean they are the best. To realize that what we expect doesn't always need to happen to resolve a situation. That's how my clinic has thrived. Because I used sound principles and passion to start it from scratch and make it in a new way. I reevaluate the old and streamlined to improve and starting looking at the reality of the situations that presented to me. Stephen Colbert did great with the live audience. He reevaluated during the pandemic and did great with working in his closet. And now he's back to a live audience. But I'll bet he made a few changes to how he runs his show now versus how he did before the pandemic. As for vets, yeah, it'd be nice to have clients with the animals the whole time and them learning and then changing their habits to make better visits the next time. But that doesn't happen. So I'm making changes to make things work well with how reality works. I'm doing this now with the world reopening from Corona. Vets and every business in the world are doing this and should be doing this now. Be open to change, both with the professions you interact with and your personal life. Though, Colbert, if you're listening, maybe do a closet monologue for old times' sake. Just every once in a while for us frontline introverts out here who are very gracious for your work that allowed us to escape our tireless work of protecting your pets. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out LickingValleyVet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section.